All right. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kevy. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing, where we... What's our tagline? What do you mean, what's our tagline? We talk about movies. We talk about... Movies, TV, TV. We talk about music. We talk about books. And it's from a Gen X perspective. Awards, ceremonies. Well, that was last week. Oh, okay. That was two weeks ago. But basically, what we want to do, Todd, is we want to talk about these movies and shows that we love. And some of them are... Good. present time and they're current meaning that they're you know they're some, now some of them are good movies some of them are bad movies and some of them are from our um childhood or our teenage years i think the movie we're doing today is from 1988 that's right 1988 classic called cocktail where uh, brian flanagan is a bartender do you think it's a classic no of i was gonna not. say it's a classic to us <laughs> it's a classic to a handful of people. I don't know. We, I think we. This movie came to us at a time where we wanted to watch movies over and over again, and this happened to be around. Well, there was that. There was the Tom Cruise factor. There was the soundtrack. But was, Tom Cruise wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, he was a yes, big deal. He was. But think about it. That's 1988. What did he have under his belt at that time? Uh, risky business. All the right moves. Like he, like is before taps. Taps. The Outsiders. Right, but, it, but think about his catalog. I understand, but Tom Cruise was a big deal. Right. Okay. He was a movie star for right. sure, but he wasn't close to who he is right now. Well, yeah, but that's because he's had 20 more years to make movies. But the soundtrack was huge too. Right. So a lot of it was about the music and it was about, about so 1988, I was a junior in high school and, you know, we couldn't go to bars yet. Right. So like the whole idea of cocktail was like kind of... Uh, Something that looked fun. I pulled up his credits. Okay. I'm just going to say the ones I've heard. 1981 Taps. Right. I said that. Uh, 83 Outsiders. I said that. 83 Risky Business, a good year for him. 83 All the Right Moves. Yeah. 86 Top Gun. So it was yeah. pre-Top Gun. You're right. Post-Top Gun. Um, yes, it was post-Top post Gun. Gun. Thank you. Um, Color Money, 86. You're That's right. right. Yeah. He was, and then came Cocktail. And then after that... So what did his shirt say in The Color of Money? Vincent. Yes. Or Vince. Vincent. Was it Vincent or... Uh, maybe it was Vincent. It was Vincent. But 88 was a big year from Cocktail, Rain Man, 1989, Born on the Fourth of July. So what was happening in 88 is he had Cocktail, which I don't think he thinks of. <laughs> I read some quote that he was like, yeah, that wasn't in my... Did you read the IMDb thing? Because yes. I, I stole a lot from Good. That. So I don't think he thinks of it as one of his classic movies, to put it um, gently. But it was the next year when he became kind of a considered one of our best actors. Right. And he, he is an amazingly good actor. It's no he, doubt about there it. There was a lot of, I remember that year, the next year, the Born on, Born on the Fourth of July, there were some assumptions that he might win, and he didn't, and mm -hmm. he still hasn't. I wonder who won. Um, it was a, it was a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Competitive? Competitive year. Hmm. Um, it doesn't matter. So what was that? 1988 Oscars? Uh, it was probably the 89 Oscars, right? Um, or, or no, maybe 1990 Oscars because the movie came out in 89, born on the 4th of July. Yeah. So it was So it was 1989. You're right. Because that 1988 is when uh, Kirk, not Kirk, uh, Michael Douglas won for Wall Street. Mm -hmm. So it. You're not going to find it. You're on your phone. But Rain Man got the most nominations, interestingly, that year. No, so that must not be the right year, Toddy. No. Because we're Rain Man. So Born on the Fourth of July must have been 1990. It says Born on the Fourth of July, 1989. Right, but the Oscars yeah, were 1990. 1990. Okay, I'm right. sorry. Did you say that? I did. You're trying to multitask, and I knew it wasn't going to happen. Okay, so go on with our show. With our show. Well, um, I pulled up the soundtrack. I don't know what soundbite to play. And I don't remember what part of the movie this was from, but this just kind of puts you back in the late 80s montage musical soundtrack. Oh my God, it's so 80s. And before you play it, before you play it, hold on. Daniel Day-Lewis won that year. For what? For My Left Foot. Haven't seen it. Okay, so go on. Yes, 80s. Might as well be like a... This is Starship. It's just a bad song. This opens the movie. Is it? So this is probably when they're on the bus. Yeah, this is where he's with his buddies, and then they pull the bus over. They kind of start in the middle. So he's in the army? He must be, yeah. Never fought in the war. 
No, even though somebody says to him, you're home from the war. But yeah. I think they just meant you're home from the military. Yeah. And his friends from the military never quite come back. Yeah, that's a quick little... Th- There's not much there regarding Brian Flanagan before he shows up in New York City. And he's from Queens, I think. It's, right, he says he's from Queens. So he didn't really go that far. He went from Queens to Manhattan. I think it's not like it's like... Well, and a lot of people around the boroughs, like Manhattan's the place to have your business, Of course, right? it's the center of the world, right. Manhattan. I understand that. I think but Queens was different than It's not like it he's from now. Omaha, Nebraska. Correct. You know? Now, one thing I read, and you probably read the same thing, is the book that this movie was based on was much deeper. I'm sure it was. And that was one of my questions is, is this a funny movie? Is this a serious movie? Because, you know, we did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, right. and I, I contend that it's a it's a fun, serious movie. But Cocktail is just like a not really well done, bad movie that I like. Well, I mean... Let's be honest. Okay, it's like... It has comedic features, but it's supposed to be a drama. Right. That's the thing. I think it's... I think it's funnier than the director wanted me to think exactly. it was. Exactly. We find comedy in it because we thought some of it was stupid. Even in 1988, yeah. we were like, this is ridiculous. Now, what I will say is I read, you probably read the same thing, but in an interview with Kelly Lynch, who plays um, uh, Brian's, no, not Brian. What's the other guy's name? Uh, Coglin. Coglin. What's Coglin's first name? So I can call Doesn't him matter. by Doesn't matter. It's Coglin's I law. I want to call him by his first name. I don't know it. Okay. So... Coglin, his wife at the end, Kelly Lynch, when she took that role, mm-hmm. she had a whole backstory that she thought would be brought into the movie and about about why she married Coglin to right. piss off her dad, um, why she ends up trying to hook up with uh, Brian. Like she had a whole like car- built, you know, like fleshed out character that never quite made it to the movie. Right. Basically, all you see of Kelly Lynch is her in swimsuits, bathing in suits. Barely any barely swimsuit, any. as it right. turns out. You know, which is, I guess, fine, but is not really what she thought she was getting into. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, you just don't know what a movie's going to turn out to be when no. you're. And I think that's the truth all the time. <clears throat> yeah. You I just don't... have no idea. I think that sometimes people say that's why people like to work with directors who they know they know yeah, them so some well. Trust. Exactly, because they know they're gonna do something good. Except so, cats. Cats didn't work out so well this year. I haven't seen it. I've just heard it, people make fun of it. Yeah. And that director is pretty well known. So no, everybody is capable of dropping a bomb. I know. And just having a bad, bad movie. Did you say dropping a bomb. Yeah. That sounds kind of gross. Oh, you're thinking of dropping a deuce, Right. Sweetie. That just sounds gross. So yeah. It make creating a bomb. Creating a movie that bombs. That too. <laughs> dropping a bomb. Well, what do we do with bombs? We drop them. I guess, but is that the right way to describe it? Dropping a bomb? They no. Cre- right. No, it's probably not. Okay. Okay. But it's going. better than creating a bomb. True. I'm against that. Um, it won some awards. Tom Cruise won a Razzie Award. He did not. Did a he really? 20, or maybe he was nominated. Maybe he didn't awesome. win it. I don't know. Awesome. What is a Razzie Award, sweetheart? It's like the worst, like basically, you know, the Academy Awards are for the best acting. Razzie is for like the worst acting job in a movie. Uh, it is listed among the 100 most enjoyable bad movies ever made in Golden Raspberry Award. And there's something called Golden Raspberry Awards, and it was listed among the 100 most enjoyable bad movies. I feel like that's what this is. That's exact. That's a great description because when you're saying it's a bad movie, but you and I have seen it a million times, of course, and then, we quote it. Then I must be an idiot. If it's that bad, why am I watching it over and over again? Do you know that it came out on my birthday? July 29th. July 29th. And the, move, the book that it was based on was called Cocktail, and it was by a guy named Haywood Gould. Mm, okay. Yeah, and I think Haywood didn't like how the movie he turned didn't, out. Because it totally wasn't... Like, I want to know what his thoughts were about this movie. Yeah, well, I could click on it if you want, but then again, I'll go down a rabbit no, hole. No, and you'll just read about it, and that won't be good for listening. And by the way, Brian Brown's character, Coglin's name was Doug. Doug... Coglin. Coglin's law. Very good. Yes. Um, so I don't know where we should really start. Um, I just want to play this song. Okay. I just came <laughs> Because they play it like 80,000 times. That's the one thing that we didn't realize until last night. Right. And when you say they play it over and over again, what do you mean? Well, let me let me be fair here. Okay, so as we know, if you know this movie, you know that this is Jordan 
and um, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, character. and Brian's. So Brian Flanagan is Tom Cruise. Elizabeth Shue is Jordan. That's their love theme. Mm-hmm. So you know every movie has a love theme. Like I'll I'll test you. Like Top Gun. What's the love theme? Um, take my breath away. Correct. And and so every time Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise are on screen, you can hear "Take My Breath Away." Oh, I didn't in, know that that happened. And they didn't always play it the way like that they may play an instrumental yes. version and so that's what they do in cocktail is anytime brian is going to see jordan or is talking to jordan some version of, of shelter of my love so who sings that uh, i don't know because it's not on the soundtrack and that's crazy here's the soundtrack wild again by starship that's the powerful opening. stuff by the fabulous thunderbirds and that's what he plays when he goes to look for a job okay Todd. what hold on didn't we remember when that song came on while we were watching it? And I go, didn't we do a Zen Parenting podcast about this, about this band, and we couldn't come up with it? The Fabulous Thunderbirds. Remember, didn't we have a joke about yeah, how they had a greatest hits? Yeah, and all it had like one song on it, right? Or it should tough have. enough, or yeah. something like that. Well, back it up, I'll take it. That and tough wrap enough. It up. Yeah, and they sound exactly yeah, the exactly. same. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I think those are two different bands, though. Oh, they could be. Isn't. Is that all Fabulous Thunderbirds? It doesn't matter. That's one of the songs. Since When by Robbie Neville. I don't know that one. Sounds very 80s. Yeah. We all know this one. When you worry, right. you make it double. Don't worry. And we all know this one. The best one. Okay, so quick commentary okay. on that song. Quick commentary about a few things. Don't, don't move on. Right. Like, we're going too fast. First of all, Kokomo, which you haven't played yet, yep. by the Beach Boys. Correct. That was created for this movie. Okay. So that song was written for this movie. There is a point in time in this movie where it cuts to Kokomo, because you're going to go to Jamaica where he's doing his bartending. And then right after it is Don't Worry, Be Happy comes on. And having those two songs come right after each other, yeah. that's like being transported into the 80s big time. Because those two songs were on all the time. Yes. Do you remember? Yes. I'm trying to find out where is Kokomo? Is it a made up place? Folks in the Keys are making do with several islands laying claim to the spirit of Kokomo, if not the reality. A holiday isle resort in Isla Madora has named its poolside bar Kokomo. I have no idea where Kokomo There's a Kokomo, Indiana. I don't think But I have a feeling that. that that's. All right. So back to. So back to Hippie Shakes. So back to Hippie Shake. All right. So here's the deal. I didn't realize it till last night. There's all these people Correct. that are so excited. Correct. About these bartenders. Flair bartending. Who are making drinks. Correct. This all takes place at a TGI Fridays. I know. Now, I've been to TGI Fridays. It's not that fun. It, I feel like this is like a bait and switch. Like if I didn't know better, like let's say I just landed here from another country or from Jupiter. Right. And I see this movie, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go to TGI Fridays. Right. Because there's going to be all these people, there's going to be all this energy. TGI Fridays is like a Chili's. I know, but nothing going on. TGI Fridays was bigger in the 80s because I remember going to a TGI Fridays was a big deal. What they did is they did the thing where now there's a TGI Fridays everywhere, like an Applebee's and everything. But there was a time when it was a bigger deal. And let me say this though let's backtrack back from TGI Fridays because, (laughs) yes, back up. Originally, when Brian is looking for a job and can't find one, in like you know, every place he goes to, you know, he's on job interviews and they're like, you got to go back to college. You got to go back to college. So basically he decides I'm just gonna have to bartend because that's what he used to do in his uncle's place. Right. Sure. So he goes into a bar, meets Doug Coughlin, and that bar is kind of like a hole in the wall. Yeah, do you remember? I do. Now, then they decide, OK, we want to do something together. We have to start taking it up a notch. Yeah. That's when they get the job at TGI Fridays. So they go from the dive bar Correct. in Manhattan. Correct. Over to TGI Fridays. Over to TGI Fridays. Up to the double-decker place. Because then at the TGI Fridays, the dude at the bar, why he's at the Fridays when he owns his own place, who knows, says to him, you guys are so talented. What are you doing here in this dive bar? Talented there it is. Secret admirer. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I got the hottest saloon in town. I want you guys working for me. In two weeks, you'll be famous. I've been famous for 10 years. Just give me the money. I got the hippie, hippie shade. Oh, Doug. 
Doug. Doug's so funny. He, um, he there's some scenes where um, Brian Brown kind of feels like he's like going through the motions a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, there's some. He doesn't. He, Anything specific he or seems just tired? Well, like that. I've been famous for ten years. Like I don't even know what that means. What does he mean? Who's what is what is he talking about? He's just a crazy guy who says a lot of crazy stuff. Can we talk about Brian Brown for a second? Um, well, yes, I was going to bring something else up that was pretty important. Okay, let's hear it. What's this movie from? Or what's this from? Okay. Boy, I tell you, some days, one of these days, it's just going to be like... <laughs> so can I get you gentlemen something more to drink? Or maybe something to nibble on, some pizza shooter, shrimp pops, or extreme fajitas? Office space. Just coffee. Very okay. good. Sounds like a case of the... Why am I playing that? Because you're talking about flair. Right. Why aren't you playing Jennifer Aniston saying, I don't want to talk about my flair? I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. But this is when she's talking to her boss. Okay. Could you come here a minute, please? Yeah. I'm sorry. I was late. I was uh, I was having lunch. And I... Um, we need to talk uh, about your flair. <laughs> really? I, I have 15 pieces on. 15 pieces. I, uh, well, okay. 15 is the minimum. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, it's up to you whether or not you want to just do... So, trivia, what restaurant do they work at? I thought it was TJ Friday's. It was wrong. But it is a real place? I've never heard of it, but, but I thought it was TJ I think it's a takeoff of TJ right, Friday's. Right, so do I. But so what's it called? I don't know. The bare minimum. Or, uh, well, like Brian, for example, has 37 <laughs> pieces of flair on today, okay? Mm. A terrific smile. Mm. Okay, so terrific you, you want me to wear more? <laughs> it's tchotchkes. Tchotchkes, that's right. They they mention that because they always meet at Tchotchkes. Yes. And obviously she works there. All right. So you want to talk about Brian? What's his So name? why you're playing the flair thing is because what they do at the dive bar, TGI Fridays, and then eventually the cell block and eventually Jamaica mm -hmm. and eventually Cocktails and Dreams is flair bartending. Yes. So before I go into Brian Brown, why is it... Was flair bartending a thing? It and must have been in the book Cocktail, I've right? I've never been to a bar where they do flair bartending. Really? Have you? I don't know. I guess not. Yeah. And I'm, I just don't get it. I just think bars became kind of a thing. Like, remember when Coyote Ugly came out? Uh, what year was yes, that? Yes, I do. But that was more about half-naked girls jumping girls on dancing. bars. Girls dancing. Yeah. I mean, there was... And there was more to the story than that. Yeah. Um, but, the, but yeah, I guess bars were just a thing. So... The reason why I want to talk about Brian Brown, and I've talked about him on Zen Parenting Radio before because he holds a special place in my heart, and not because of cocktail. Okay. Um, it's because of, you know what I'm going to say, right? The Ben Stiller movie? Well, that too. He's in Along Came Polly, but that's not why. He's in the Thornbirds, honey. Oh, yeah. He's one of the people in the Thornbirds. He's in the Thornbirds, and he is uh, Maggie, played by Rachel Ward, Maggie's husband, who's right. really horrible to her in the Thornbirds. Right. But he's super young and super cute, and, and I loved them. I initially loved him in the movie. Obviously, you want Maggie to end up with the priest, which is so inappropriate and not right. But, um, but cool story is that Brian Brown and Rachel Ward got married and they're still together. Really? Yes. A Hollywood story. 1983, they got married and they're still together. Hmm. So I have another question about Brian Brown and Cocktail. He's Australian, right? Good eye, mate. So is he supposed to be Australian in Cocktail or is he Irish? It's, it's yet another mystery that I don't think we'll ever answer. Like, is he doing, because he's like Coughlin's Law, like that's obviously... A Irish thing. I have but no. He's Australian. I, I have no idea if he's doing an Australian accent or. I, I'm not good with accents, so I just assume that he was trying to be the guy from the same country he's actually from. Got it. It's like Kevin Costner in Robin Hood. Well, Kevin Costner changes his accent halfway through the movie. Oh, he does? Yeah, I think that's the criticism. I thought it was that everyone else has an accent, but he doesn't. No, that could be it. Maybe I'm wrong. Yes, sometimes people go in and out of accents. So here's my question, okay. real quick. Yeah. Briar Tuck! A white boy! Uh, Angel's Dirty mother! Can I have what I ordered? All right! All right! Now what was it that you ordered? A martini! So here's my how question. How do you make that? Right, how do you make that? That's the next line. Who's who's ordering these drinks? What was the last time you went to a bar <laughs> and they're asking for a pink squirrel? Well... Like it's either beer... Wine, vodka, gin, whiskey. Like, there's, like, 
I just don't think, maybe it was a sign of the times. Maybe I'm going to the wrong bars. Maybe I should be drinking pink squirrels. Should be going to, the, to Friday. I just know, I can't imagine all these people saying, give me like the, the orgasm. Well, or give me the... Here's the thing. A few things. I think it was a different time because it was the 80s and everything was taken up a notch. Yeah. That's one thing. The second thing is, is they were testing him that night because it was his first night, remember? Right. Because they were on purpose being difficult. Do you th- I, I, there's no reason for me to believe that these customers were the asking. customers, but the waitresses. Right. Were, but these were all customers that were shouting you're out right. these things. And also when I go to a restaurant that has, or a bar that has drinks, usually it's on the menu. Mm-hmm. So you just order off the menu. Right. So another thing is when he eventually <laughs> wins over these waitresses, cause he works so hard. Yes. Do you remember his little hand trick? Yes. It's stupid. What's he doing? Why is it funny? It's, I don't know. I don't know. I so, feel like that was improvised. And, and the Tom Cruise like, isn't funny in that scene. When is Tom Cruise funny? Yeah. we Todd and I kind of decided while watching it, he doesn't really have great beat. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, you know, like even when Hippie Shakes is on, he's a little bit like not with the music. Now, he did a good job with Risky Business, with old yeah, time rock and roll. Oh my God. It was one and what's funny about that scene in Risky Business is on the page it says Joel Goodson dances. Right. And so he did that's that whole all thing. Tom Cruise. So maybe in cocktail he was just a little too stiff. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I'm not quite sure what was happening. And then I saw him do a lip sync challenge a few years ago on Fallon. Yeah. And he did the weekend I Can't Fill My Face. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. You I don't know, know that song. I can't I can't feel my face when I'm with you. That song? No. No, you, never heard of it. Yes, you have. You think you have What's haven't. it called? I can't feel my face. I can't. Um, I saw him do that lipstick thing, and he probably did more than one, because usually when you go up against Jimmy, you do more than one. But he was really good. I was impressed. This? Yes. I love it. Never heard of this. You know this song. It's the weekend. It's the weekend. You're the weekend. Okay. Anyway, so he obviously has demonstrated he has beat in other things. Yeah. But he just didn't quite have it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, it's funny. Like, uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, put them both kind of in the same platform. But Tom Hanks can be really, really funny. And I don't think Tom Cruise can. Really? Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I'll go through his catalog here. Outsiders, Risky Business, he's good, he's but he's good not funny. That, Top yeah. Gun, Color Money. Doesn't he say some? He said his U of I thing is funny. Yeah, yeah. Days of Thunder, Far and Away, A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men, he has a few. Jerry Maguire? Oh, my God, Jerry Maguire is hilarious. <clears throat> yes, he is He's hilarious, hilarious in that movie. Yeah, I'm probably not giving him credit. What else? Magnolia, Vanilla Sky. He's interesting in Magnolia. Uh, yes, Remember he is. his character in that? Yeah, yeah. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Mission that. Mission Impossible, Tropic Thunder. I haven't seen that. Oh my God. He's he's a completely different person. Yeah. They put him in like, you can't even tell it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. I guess if I'm comparing him to Tom Hanks, give me Tom Hanks, but he's, I can't think of many other actors that are better than Tom Cruise. Well, and that he's maintained. Like, I have my own issues with Tom Cruise that I won't dive deep into right now. Sure. Like, you know, he's he's got an interesting past and, you know, his Scientology connections. Yeah, his ideologies are a little yeah. bit different than yours. Um, but, uh, but as far as if we're just going to talk about acting and something that I'll say with all of that aside is that everybody who works with Tom Cruise loves, loves Tom loves Cruise. Loves him. They say he's like the most generous, kind. Like we did a, a pop culturing. Not uh, Matt Lauer though, sweetie. Not Matt Lauer because you know why are you being so glib? That's right. Um, a couple months ago, we did a pop culturing about Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. You should go back and listen if you haven't. And we talked about how he and Cuba Gooding Jr. and Renee Zellweger like did a. They screened it together and did like a. And they filmed it so we could see them viewing the movie. It. Yeah. And what's that called? It's not a director's cut. What's that called? Well, behind the scenes, I don't know. Yeah. Viewing, actor viewing. But like. they have a name for it where they do they talk over the movie. Mm. We're just missing the language. Yeah. People are yelling at us right now. Anyway. The commentary. commentary, commentary, and he, and and those guys love him. Yeah, like they just—he's well, a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. Alec Baldwin talks about him all the time. Yeah, like he's like he's just the most. So, I don't want to throw Tom Cruise on the bus, even though I don't think he'd be sad if we did. 
I don't think he's listening to this podcast. You don't think so? No. He might be. Who knows? Um, Okay, so you wanted to say something about Hippie Shakes. I already did. Was it about the song or was it about just that they were at a TGI Fridays? A TGI Fridays. Well, I did a a palm routine to Hippie Shakes when I was a junior. Um, I bet you it was fabulous. It was great. Do you remember how that song starts? And by the way, who sings it? Um, I can tell you who sings I it. I always thought it sounded like it's a the Beatles Georgia song. Satellite, sweetie. Oh, how interesting. They got any other songs? Yeah. Uh, don't tell me no lies and keep your hands to yourself. Do you oh, remember yeah. that one? Yeah, That's yeah. Georgia Satellite. I like that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to play that where they're drunk, uh, singing. <laughs> and he falls down the stairs. Yeah. What are they, what are they doing there? I forget. They're doing like a, they're singing. There it is. So funny, make me spend my money, make me feel good. Oh, baby, that's what I like. Here comes Coglin. Not dignified to get this drunk. You are in training. I'm in training. For stardom. For stardom. I don't care how liberated this world becomes. A man will always be judged on the amount of alcohol he can consume. Always. And a woman will be impressed whether she likes it or not. Now, come on. I'm not going to make it. You are. A star never pukes or passes out in public. No. Ah! There he goes. It's a good fall down the stairs. It is. It looks like it hurts. shit. Hey, are you okay? You alive? You alive? However, <laughs> falling downstairs is allowed. <laughs> That's such a good line. It is, but I, and it, it's okay. Like, I'm not trying to, like, be too critical of Brian Brown. He's just, there's not a lot of energy. I oh, I like, see, I disagree. I, I think he's really good in this role. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's cheesy. I don't think, I can't tell that he's acting, which is always a good sign. Well, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe because everybody else seems they're at a certain level of energy and cheesiness and and he's just kind of playing it straight. Yeah. Um, maybe it's, I don't know. I just remember feeling like, oh, he's just kind of doing it. Yes, he he's is. Just, he's not really... Um, what do you think Coglin's story is? He's just a, a, a lifelong bachelor who... Well, did we decide he's about 20 years older? I think he's like in his mid-40s. That's okay. my guess. And then I think in the book, Brian was supposed to be older, but when they chose Tom Cruise for the role, they had to make him younger. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to like build it around a younger guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's just somebody who's lonely, who's a bartender, who finds a guy that Brian, reminds him. So he was born in 1947, 57, 67, 77, 87. So he's 41 years old, the actor. Okay. So, so. it's approximately yeah. how old he is. Yeah. I think he just sees himself in Brian Flanagan. Yeah. You know? But it turns out he's a pretty big dick. Oh, for sure. He's an insecure, very sad person. Yes. And they figured that out very um... quickly. So this leads me to my first question. Yeah. Okay. So they, the guy pulls them out of the TGI Fridays. They end up at the cell block doing their flare bartending. Yeah. And he meets this girl named Coral. Okay. She's uh, it's Gina Gershon. She's a photographer. Right. He's kind of into her and she wants to help them with the cocktails and dreams thing. Mm-hmm. And I think Brian, um, excuse me, not Brian. I think Doug Coglin feels a little bit uncomfortable with her around. He, he feels territorial, mm. like he doesn't want her around. And he is so wounded from his own past about women that he doesn't trust that, you know, she's going to be good to Brian. I think you could be exactly right, but I didn't get any of that from any of the context of the movie itself. Well, Todd, he basically makes them break up. He doesn't want Brian to have a girlfriend. I understand that. Right. But what led you to think that up until that moment in the movie, did you at all think that he's going to try to break them up? Well, no, because... The movie just started. I mean, that's like the first five minutes he's in, the ten minutes he's in the movie. Like, well, this is a, that's the, part of his character development. Well, this is the thirty-five minutes. Maybe what, she hides the pictures when she goes out. Oh, have a look on her ring finger. See if there's a white circle from her wedding band. Man, are you paranoid? Listen, it's the difference between 
A one-nighter and a meaningful relationship with an unattached millionaire. Hey, I'm not thinking about it that way, okay? This is more than just a one-night stand. This lady's gonna do a number on you, mate. I appreciate the concern. Woo! Okay. That's 50 bucks you owe me. Hold on, here comes the bet. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Well, 50 bucks says that Coral's in the sack with some other guy before the week's out. That's a bet. Missed. So there's your foreshadowing. Okay, so foreshadowing and character development, because there's two things you're supposed to take from that scene. Number one, that Tom Cruise, or excuse me, I keep calling them by all their Brian Flanagan. Brian Flanagan is interested in a relationship, Mm -hmm. because you need that as he goes into Jamaica and meets Jordan, okay? So he does care about relationships. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is you are getting an understanding that Doug has been has had negative experiences with women. Yes. And not only that, but he's decided the most important thing is to marry or at least have a girlfriend who is wealthy and then use their money. Yeah. Like that's his thing. Yeah, it's just a very shallow. Absolutely. He's just a very shallow guy. But you and I know because of the work we do in the world and because of Zen Parenting Radio, I know this is a made up movie, but that he obviously has been hurt and mm-hmm. that's he's trying to take control sure. and power back sure. through being disrespectful to women and to instead of falling in love he just looks for someone rich yeah now what's interesting again jumping way ahead do you think he fell in love with his wife do i end? think brian flanagan fell in love with doug Coglin's wife no do you think doug fell, fell in, in love with his, his wife? own wife yeah yeah that's me too. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is part of his sadness that when he loses all of her money, he can't face yeah, her. Yeah, he lives from the outside in. Correct. And if he doesn't have this money and he lost all this money, who is he as a human being? So he's like, well, I'm just going to end, end and my life. And he's sad because he's obviously given her permission. If not permission, he's not making a big deal about the fact that she sleeps with other men. Yeah. Because yeah, that's a whole interesting part. Yeah, so there's elements of depth to this movie, it's and like I they could tried. They they tried, but they couldn't get it right. Correct. And I bet you, if I read the book Cocktail, it would be a completely different experience. Absolutely. Because there's depth to Doug mm-hmm. and how he got to be who he is. There's probably depth to Kelly Lynch's character, as she said. Brian, I feel like we kind of knew who he was a little bit, and we needed Jordan. You know, we haven't really jumped into Elizabeth Shue's character. Okay, let's talk about Elizabeth Shue and what was going on in her life. Okay, so 1988 was Cocktail. Yeah. When was Karate Kid? Um, I'm sure it was like earlier than just, that. Just pull up Elizabeth Shue and right. let's just see let's her. Let's see where she was. Yeah, what was going on in her life. Oh, Elizabeth Shue. She was born in 63, so she's nine years older than me. Uh-huh. If that helps you. They're trying to get her on... Um, uh, Karate Kid. Karate the, Kid. Yeah, yeah. Yes, or Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. So she still looks great, man. She, she is does. 56 years old. I've always had a, a thing for Elizabeth Shue. Probably that's starting with Karate Kid. Karate Kid was 84. Okay, so she's already had Karate Kid fame. Adventures in Babysitting, 87. And But that was after Cocktail. No, no, no it wasn't. Before Cocktail. Correct. Adventures in Babysitting was huge because if you remember... Not only did a lot of people go see it, but she got a lot of critical acclaim for it. I had it. no idea. I saw that movie a bunch of times. I didn't know anybody saw it, and I didn't know oh, it yeah. got any critical acclaim. It was well thought of, put it that way. I mean, within... And then um, Back to the Future Part 2. And 3. They switched over. That's right. From the actress who was in Back to the Future, the original. I wonder why they did that. I don't know. Maybe because Elizabeth Shue was a bigger name? I think that that's probably it. She was in Soap Dish. I remember Soap Dish. That was, that was good. Um, let's see what else that I leave in Las Vegas. Did she didn't win any awards for that? She, she got nominated, so I'm sure she won some Critics' Choice Awards. But that movie brought her back. Yeah. So think about this: Cocktail was 1988, and then Leaving Las Vegas was pretty much the next time. I mean, there was a few. No, 1989. Right. But pretty much, she went almost a decade, I think or she, at least seven or eight years. I'm just going through her whole thing. 2010, she was in a movie called Piranha 3D. That's what I call a step backwards. Yeah, that's no good. That's probably not her fave. She's in a bunch of CSIs. Um, oh, she was in Battle of the Sexes, which is was good. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was in Palmetto, mm-hmm. which was well-received. Um, okay, so Jordan. Okay. What, so do, you, what do you Jordan. think about Jordan? Jordan, she really was in a lot of movies. Yeah. I'm like looking at all these. Now, now, she wasn't the lead in all of them, but she was in them. Okay, so here's my thoughts on Elizabeth Shue. I kind of feel the same way about her that I did in The Karate Kid. I like appreciated her. Like, 
she seemed like such a more normal girl to me. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things I remember watching it for the first time was she wears a full piece bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Now you as a guy are like, who cares? As a girl who like feels like she's supposed to be wearing a bikini mm-hmm. when she's 17, it was refreshing to be like, well, she's attractive and cute and she's wearing a full and piece bathing suit. And she doesn't have to be suit. showing everything off. Exactly. Right. Like I really remember being like, and she wears that same full piece bathing suit through the whole movie, mm-hmm. that black bathing suit. Yeah, yeah. And so- just as like, you know, we talk about in movies representation and mm-hmm. how it can sometimes change your mind about something. I remember being affected by that. Mm, being like, that's really a good thing. Um, they showed more of her body than I thought they did. We watched the, you know, kind of the Yeah, and as, as a 16-year-old man, I was I would have preferred the bikini. I know, but that as a 17-year-old girl, I preferred that she didn't have to do that. Right. And she was um, adorable. Adorbs. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she, I was like, I, this is how I feel now watching her. I don't remember if I thought this when I was in high school, but envious. Like she's in Jamaica, she's doing her art, you know, she's, her friends are around. She bails pretty quick. So a few things. I mean, we're jumping ahead. Um, first of all, um, Doug makes a move on Coral. Tom Cruise punches Doug in the face and flies to Jamaica. Okay. So I have to stop there. Sure. What? did he tell Coral? I have no idea. Okay, that was like one of my questions. Well, so. what did Doug tell Coral? What did Doug tell Coral? It doesn't matter what he said. He kissed her. But it was it was not that. He, so. Oh, what did, what did Tom Cruise say? Uh, okay, so what did Doug say to Coral yes. to get Coral mad at? Correct. Got it. Because I, she came up to Brian afterwards and said, you need to keep your mouth shut about our sex life. Right. And what what could he have possibly said? What could Doug have possibly said to her that made her want to kiss him right. and leave Brian? Right. I didn't. That scene wasn't well done. Um, here we go. Brian, what do you have? Screwdriver. What? Screwdriver. Here comes Coral. I take it back. You're not going to be famous. Too bad you couldn't keep your mouth shut about our sex life. It only gets better. Maybe they didn't show the whole um, basketball scene. Maybe some things got cut out of it. Maybe Tom, maybe Tom Cruise's character told a bunch of details about having sex with her. And then Doug and, called her. And then her. Doug said, hey, I heard you did this and this and this one. Brian, how about me? Or something. I don't know. It doesn't, then, doesn't make sense. Then what if he really won the bet? Then that means Coral then slept with Doug. Correct. And so, so this is what we're supposed to believe. Coral and Brian are together. They're kind of falling in love. And then Doug, Brian's best friend, goes to her and says, I heard you do all this great sex stuff. Let's you and I sleep together. And she's like, okay. Yeah, that doesn't, I I don't buy that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, it's one thing for her to get mad at him. Another thing for him, for her to decide to sleep with Mm -hmm. Doug. So anyway, because of that whole thing, they get in a fight, as you said, picking up where you left off. Right. And then he flies to Jamaica. And then we hear Kokomo playing. Right. As we're zooming in on Jamaica. And then he, you see him working at like a tiki bar. That's right. And that's when I looked at you and said, we got to go to on vacation to a tiki bar. Yeah, I'm in. Although I don't think I drink fruity drinks. I think I drink just like vodka and like soda water. You drink more fruity drinks drinks than I do. Sometimes when you and I are on vacation, you take the list of drinks and you just decide on one. Yeah, it's rare. I can only have one because there's always sugar. I, I don't want sugar with my alcohol. It's too filling. Yeah. Um, so this is a scene I always make fun of him for. So we got to play it. Okay. She was uh, drinking champagne in the sun. Champagne. Perfume going in, sewage coming out. Is she going to be all right? Yeah, she's going to be okay. Uh, could somebody <laughs> go down to the condo office and have them call an ambulance? Yeah, sure. Just in case. Just in case. Just, so he hasn't, Perfume. He hasn't done much um, doctoring, I'm guessing, as a bartender. <laughs> and he didn't do much to evaluate her consciousness. She's like, like He's out. there for like, Two seconds, and he's already ascertained that she's going to be okay. Oh, she's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. Todd and I say that all the time. Champagne. Champagne perfume going in. One more time. It's worth it. She's going to be all right? Yeah, she's going to be okay. Hold on. I got to do champagne again. She was uh, drinking champagne in the sun. Champagne. 
perfume going in, sewage coming out. He's so smart. Sewage. Um, so yeah, so that's She's the one thing. Fine. So I want to fast forward to when he sees Doug again for the first time at the tiki bar. Well, you remember what happens, right? So after that whole thing with Jordan, that where he gets, you know, sewage into the the girl who is, you know, drinking, yeah. gets her into the ambulance and then they go away and he and Jordan are like, it's a meet cute situation. Yeah. And then... The next scene, he's at his tiki bar. Jordan comes in and sits down, yep. and she's like, and he's like, "Hey, you're back." And then Brian comes in and sits next to Jordan mm-hmm. and is like all over her and says, "Do you want to see a grown man cry?" Right. That's exactly right. You want to see a grown man cry like a baby? Hey, bartender, you know how to make a red eye? What? No tearful greeting? Coglin's law. Never show surprise, never lose your cool. Ah, my sons. My rebellious son. All right, stop there. So he thinks about him like a son? Yeah, well, he's a mentor. He's a bartending mentor. But the last time these two guys had an exchange, Brian punched the guy in the face. Totally. And Coglin breaks a bottle or a bottle's broken and shoves it almost to his throat. Yes, few years have gone by, and I know time heals wounds, but I don't know. I guess kudos to Brian for forgiveness because— To la- Brian, yes, to Brian. Right? He's like, oh, okay, we're back, I guess, and we're friends again. Well, I wouldn't say they're friends. I would say he's doing Coughlin's Law and saying, I'm not going to act surprised. I'm not going to act—like he's—and not as if we heard these laws from Coughlin. Like, they only throw a few on us, and we just have to assume there's a lot of other laws. I think it's hilarious that we're digging deep into freaking cocktail right now. Well, we're 42 it, minutes into this bad movie, and it, it's hilarious. It needs it, because— Nobody's it, ever done—I don't think anybody's ever spent this amount of time <laughs> trying to comprehend this movie. Well, I think they're confused to why they're doing what they're doing, too. I think everyone's confused. I think Jordan is confused why this guy is, like, mauling her. He's, like, all over her. Mm-hmm. And then— all of a sudden, you know, Brian's like, or not Brian. I keep saying Brian because I'm mixing up Brian Brown with Brian Flanagan. Yes. So Doug Coglin then is like, hey, I'm married to that woman on the beach. She's a millionaire. Yeah. And Jordan must be so grossed out by the two of them because they keep talking about right. women and money, which as we find out, sorry, spoiler, everybody, Jordan is also wealthy. Yes. Not that we couldn't have been able to tell by the All fact the women that are wealthy in this movie. Her name is Jordan. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she decides not to tell him she's wealthy because she didn't know if he cared about her. Yeah. Do you care about me? Right. So, but then they go out on the double date, the yeah. four of them. Right. Doug and his new wife and uh, Jordan and um, Brian. And that was another point when I was really like excited about what Jordan was wearing because <laughs> she was wearing like a wool sweater mm-hmm. on the beach. Whereas like Kelly Lynch's character, Doug's wife, is wearing like barely anything. Yeah. Like I wonder if Elizabeth Shue had something written into her contract like I'm going to be wearing as well, many clothes as possible. And most 80s movies have the actress showing boobs. And yes. the closest they did in that is you could see from she, the back. From the back. Mm-hmm. So I bet you Elizabeth, she was like, you know what? I'm not doing it. Now, she did show her boobs in Leaving, Leaving Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. But she was also a grown woman yeah, by then, right. where she's like, okay, I've had enough life where I can make this choice. And the character, you know, if you're going to play a, a prostitute, mm-hmm. you're going to have to right, that's probably part of do the story. that. She's born in 63, 73, 83. So she's about 25 years old. I think when, we said 56, right? Yeah. Uh, but when she... Oh, when she did the movie. When she did the movie, she was 25 oh, or 26 years old. That's not... I mean, she's not like a teen. Right. Okay. Um, so I kind of want to... Should we get into the scene where the bet takes place? Sure. All right. I don't know. This is kind of long, so I don't think I want to play it all, but... Hustlers never work, and the workers never hustle. And you, my friend, are a worker. God knows I've tried to beat that instinct out of him, but it's so there pause ingrained that for in a your second. Immigrant- sure. So basically what Doug is doing here is like saying it's better to be a hustler. Uh, yes, of course. And who wants to be thought of as a hustler versus a worker? Don't you want to be thought of as a worker? Mm, I don't know. I think it depends. I don't want to be thought of as a hustler. Um, I think that there is some... Um, 
truth to what he's saying. The workers never hustle and the hustlers never work. The hustlers, now it, it has a stigma of hustlers are like the guys that are always trying to bend the rules and skate around certain things. But, um, you know, the worker is the one that's not using his imagination. He's just showing up and he's putting his head down and all that. And, um, you know, I think that there is something to both of them. Okay. Um, so anyways, okay. Look how tasty your cocktails are. Look how clean you keep your bar. Why, man, you actually take pride in your work. I do not. <laughs> I do is not. Why is he upset about this? a great bartender? Uh, like, he's saying, your bar is perfect. Look at your cocktails. Look at what a hard worker you and are. I think and he's it's like, because I am not. you're stuck there. I think that's what Coglin's uh, saying. If you do that, you're going to be stuck. Because, you know, the manuals are always behind the bar right. so he can be an owner and not have to do all the working. But see, I looked at him going to Jamaica. Do you remember when they were having the conversation about cocktails and dreams? And he says, all I have to do is work at Jamaica for three years. Sure. So he's got a plan. I know. But right now he's an hourly worker and he doesn't want to be that. But he's making money for cocktails and dreams. Doesn't matter. He's behind. He's be, he, Right now he is where he but is. But he's got a plan. <laughs> Oh, the best. Yeah. See, they love you. Listen, Bozo, if you think I'm stuck in this gig... Face it, you're a career proletarian. You've been standing in a puddle so long, you've got web feet. <laughs> Just be okay. I would be like... I would so be not offended by that. Like, what's wrong with his ego that he has to be upset by that? Right. All he has to say is, Doug, I have a plan. Right. Do you remember? Well, and then there's also a, a social... Um, Thing going on with guys, you know, this is like locker him. room yeah. stuff. Like yeah. the pressure of the situation goes up because there's yeah. other people listening. There's these two guys in a room, they would not be talking. They're talking because there's other guys listening. Doug is trying to get other guys to agree with him mm -hmm. and be like, see what a, you know, how this guy is following the rules and I don't follow the rules mm -hmm. and I'm cool and he's not. When really it's cooler to follow the rules. Depends on the rules, sweetie. Ice <laughs> in point. Rich and ripe and out of your league. So Bonnie just out of showed my up. League? Hmm? Well, she just happened to be here checking me out the other night. Maybe she had 15 minutes to kill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it'd take to make a score on a smart woman like that? You'd have to get over on her, her managers, her lawyers, her trustees, her maid, and her tennis coach. <laughs> <laughs> I've been training for this my whole life. He sounds like Joel Goodson right there. Totally. He totally sounded like Joel. And Doug is a perpetual gambler. And he get, once he gets money, he gambles that. He bets on margins. It's just another indicator where Doug is really kind of a toxic person. You think? Well, and this is my whole point. Like toxic people know they're toxic and they tell everybody else they should be toxic like them. Yeah. So it's like, I'm in pain. I wish you were in pain. So do what I do. So we're in pain together. Misery mm -hmm. loves company. He looks, he actually at the end of the movie, um, his wife, you know, the Kelly Lynch character, I can't remember her name. Sorry, <laughs> Kelly Lynch. Um, she says to him, you were the only person he ever respected. She says to Brian Flanagan, you were the only person Doug respected. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing is like, it's just an immaturity to be like, I'm going to go blow up my life to take this bet. Right. It's dumb. And is Bonnie supposed to be like 50? Like, is she my age? What's um, the deal? I don't know. Let's see. How old was she? Um, what's her name? I don't know. Bonnie. Her name's Bonnie. Lisa Baines. Okay. Let's see how old Lisa, Lisa Baines was in 1988. Okay. She was born in 55, 65, 75, 85. So she was... 30, 65, 75. She was only 32 years old. Oh, she's young. See, people in 80s movies look ancient. I like, know. she looks like older than me and I'm 48. I and know. maybe I'm not... No, being... it's this weird generational thing. It is. It um, is because of, like, her hairdo and because... Actually, she doesn't look older than me. I'm older than her for sure. But she still looks in that movie like a character that shouldn't be... Right someone that Tom Cruise is hanging out with. Right. So he takes the bet. He gets Bonnie to go to bed with him. Mm -hmm. Jordan busts them, yep. sees them on the beach. So she knows. And then to your point, then Jordan leaves and goes back to New York. Yes. She's and kudos to Jordan. Awesome. She's like, she's just a strong, she is powerful person. 
she goes back to the deli. She does. She's a waitress. She's a waitress and an artist. Yeah, hiding all her money. Well, she's she's not telling because, him that her dad's rich. Right. I don't think she's hiding it. She's just not. Right. Well, is that a, you know lie of omission or whatever? So. So anyways, Brian breaks up with the old lady who happens to be 32 she's, years old. She's not old. Um, and now he's back in Jordan's apartment oh, in New York. The Go best ahead. quote from the movie. See, what? this is when they were like, the screenwriting was halfway decent. He says to Bonnie as they break up, I wrote this down. She didn't want it to end. Yeah. And he said, and she, cause it was ending so badly. Yeah. And he said, everything ends badly or else it wouldn't end. Yes. There's actually, yeah, that is surprisingly truthful. That's a great. For a bad movie. It is. Yeah. Everything ends badly or else it wouldn't end. Yes. And it's like, of course. Yep. Um, and I found myself thinking after he said that quote, um, I'm so glad we're finding profound things in cocktail that when in my life has something ended where it didn't end badly. And I, I thought of a few things mm-hmm. sure. uh, where, you know, you leave a job on good terms yeah. or you, you know, a breakup that's you remain friends. Sure. But most things, if it's going to end, it's because something went bad. Agreed. Okay. So, so now we're back in New York. Brian is in Jordan's apartment. Shelter of Your Love is playing. Uh, somewhere. In the background. And he's explaining, I think this part where he's explaining when a guy lays down a bet. You just got to take it. I think so. It's not as bad as it seems. It's just not. You see, Doug landed a rich chick. And that night he bet me that I couldn't do the same. A rich chick. So you'd go with a woman just because she had money. No, it's not the money. He bet me that I wasn't good enough to hustle her. Hustle her? And I was worth so little to you that you could just take some stupid juvenile bet? No, a, you see, a, a guy lays down it there, you got to take it. So right there, she just basically put it all together for yeah. him. Like the stupid bet, you're going to throw away our relationship. And he's like, but you don't understand. You don't understand. There was a bet. And there was two other people at the bar that yes. heard the bet take place. Yes. And, and this is like the band box. Like you got to be strong. You got to meet the challenge at another minute. He was challenged by Doug and he has a choice. He could either surrender and right. look weak or not as good at hustling this older woman. Or can't you say, dude, I'm feeling pretty good about the job I have, the plan I have, and the girl that I'm like hooking up with right now. I'm feeling pretty good. Right. And, and make make Doug feel like an idiot. Right. And that doesn't doesn't have it takes some maturity to be able to say that. Well, he basically and just that he says, I couldn't land a rich chick. Yeah. Like the writing's bad. Right. Um, but anyway, so Jordan's like Sia. Yes. So anyways, I don't want to go through the entire movie, but we're going through most of it. Okay. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about? Okay. See, Shelter of Your Love. I wrote that like 10 times because it kept coming on. Um, I guess you'll ne- I wrote down, I guess you'll never know. There's a part oh, somebody yeah. says, I guess you'll never yeah, know. Yeah, that's Brian Flanagan. She's like, well, it's all about the money. And he tears up the check. Oh, that's it. I think that scene's bad. Because yes, yes. why are you saying, if you're trying to get her back, right. why are you saying, I guess you'll never know? Right. Just tell her. how right. she, She's like, I guess you'll never know how I feel about you. And right. and there's the dad who, of course, doesn't want his daughter to be with a bartender because he's not good enough. There's a lot of familiar tropes. All right. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions. But before, okay. I, I want to play the last scene of the movie. All right. Let's hear it. Okay, a a poem. Well, this poem is entitled Flanagan's Advice to His Unborn Child. Now, if Jordan gives birth to a fine Irish son, There'll be cocktails and dreams for him one day to run. A business that shall yield a financial windfall. It better. (laughs) To be franchised in every suburban shopping mall. A dynasty, you're founding a dynasty. Now, if a daughter arrives to bless our clan, I guess the shit will certainly hit the fan. Okay. Okay. WTF. Okay, there's so many things. What the hell? (laughs) What's going on here? Okay, first of all, let's back up. Let's get out of the gender thing for a second. 
Oh, sorry. Ouch. Ouch. My poor ears. Sorry, sorry everybody that. listening. That was painful. Um, so he, when he's in his class with the mean teacher who gives him an F, mm-hmm. his paper is on franchising to all the malls. Correct. To all the strip malls. Correct. So I was like, oh, they brought it back. Okay, so that's one note. The next note is that everyone's super psyched about having a son. Yeah. Because then he can run the bar. I've been living with that forever. And then when they say a girl, he goes, aww. Which I think is supposed to be like, oh, is that Endearing, but it also is a judgment. Why is the shit going to hit the fan? Exactly. What does that mean? It's the same. Yeah, I mean. So Todd and I, for those of you who don't know, we have three daughters. Yes. And I don't know what he's talking about Mm -hmm. because I think all three of my daughters could run Cocktails and Dreams pretty damn well. And if they wanted to, of course. Um, And- what what what's going to be different? Right. This is very eighties uh, masculinity. That you know, there were no like female protagonists back then. Very rarely, except in Adventures in Babysitting, Elizabeth right. Shue, occasionally. Right. What are you looking for? I'm trying to uh, play a scene from The Godfather Part Two. Um, oh, about where she, Michael. Was it a boy? Mikey, after three and a half months. Now can't you give me a straight answer anymore? Was it a boy? That's what this is. I know. Because boys have so much more value than girls. Well, we're basing this on, again, this is the patriarchy that we've lived in, right? Because you have to continue your name and having a son is something to be proud of. And obviously there are places in the world that, that, Sometimes even a daughter is given up yeah. so they can have a son. Yeah. Um, but in this time and place in 1988, um, what he's basically saying is that only a man could run this bar. And then that, I guess, that having a girl would make their lives messy. Yeah. And then you remember what, he, what she tells him, right? When- <laughs> but this I shall promise to thee. I'll never let her marry a guy like me. Yeah, what's that? Okay, stop there. So basically, I'm a dick. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, I'm a dick. And if I have a daughter, she's you not. You know what it is? It's like a bad me. boy thing. It's a total bad boy thing, and it's also like, what are you going to tell your daughter to go marry a rich guy? Yeah. Like that's not good advice. I hope that my daughters marry a guy like me because I try my best to be a good guy. have a good moral compass. Right. So if I say to my daughters, girls, whatever you do, <laughs> don't marry somebody like me. You know, and Brian Flanagan is actually a decent person That's in this my movie. Point. He's the worker, not the hustler. I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but I want you to rate the characters in this movie from first to worst. I'll do that after you say what he then what he then hears from Jordan. Still. If our child's the naughtiest of girls or the wildest of young men, I swear I'll be the best dad I can and never, ever get spooked again. It's a total Tom Cruise thing. (laughs) Bet I can still spook you. No way. Twins? 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 Twins! Drinks are on the house! Go! Go! He's open! That's the, that's a a cut to credits. (laughs) Okay, so, so they're having twins, so maybe he'll get his boy and his girl. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be super even. Um, So yes, go ahead and we're going to rate the These are the options. Okay. Jordan? Yeah? Pat, that's Uncle Pat, the bartender. Yeah. Bonnie. Okay. Coglin. Okay. Brian Flanagan. Okay. Mr. Mooney. Oh, that's Jordan's dad. Yes. And Coral. What are you asking me? The best person, moral Jordan. compass. Jordan. Who is second? Uh, the the uncle. Yes, I agree. Uh-huh. Who's third? Um probably Brian. I agree. Okay. Who's fourth? Um Probably you got, Coral. You got Bonnie. Coral. 
You got Coughlin, you got Coral. Coral. Coral, I agree with yeah. you there. Uh huh. So who's left is Mr. Mooney, <laughs> Coughlin, or Bonnie? Who's coming next? They, they all okay, I would say put Bonnie yes. and Mr. Mooney in the same. No, one. no. Bonnie is Bonnie. a better person. Okay, Bonnie. And then And then Mr. Mooney. So the worst person in this movie <laughs> is Coglin. Of course. And the poor guy kills himself. He's a hustler. Yeah, that that's sad. Totally and, sad. And the thing is, is you see that he could have some redeeming characteristics. He's wounded. He's a wounded man. If there's only a podcast that talked about wounds. If there was only a tribe men's group that could help men with their loneliness and wounds. All right. Um, so he says in his letter, you always say it. What uh, does he say? Coglin's Law. Bury the dead. They stink up the place. That's right. That's so, not the accent, though. I got to. I, gotta I know. Get... See, is he Australian? Is he Irish? Is What is he? Hold on. I'm going to fast forward it. A guy like me looks in the mirror. He either grins or he starts to fade away. And I haven't seen anything to grin about in a long time. Poor guy. Yeah, it's sad. This may not be the most graceful exit, but I know when the bottle's empty. But the only thing I'm really going to miss is the conversations we had going. At least I get the last word, even if I had to mail it in. The only thing that he's going to miss is kind of like, right. that's a pretty shallow he, life. He loved um, Brian. But they they didn't even, they screwed each other over. Like, I this know. is not a friendship. But see, I have people that I know in my life, clients and some acquaintances, who consider those kind of relationships the best ones they've ever had because at least it makes them feel like they're next to something that's good. Mm -hmm. I think he knew that um, Brian was good. Yes. Even yeah. if he didn't always act He wanted good. to be like he Brian. He did. But he and, couldn't. And he was like, I'm mentoring you, but really it was the other way around. Coglin's Law. Bury the dead. They stink up the joint. The rest of Coglin's laws, ignore them. Ignore them. The guy was always full of shit. Yeah. It's a great way to end. Yeah, that's what he he knew. <laughs> but I guess you knew that yeah, already. Yeah, you knew that. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, it turns us this really dark turn. Yeah. Um, I remember being surprised the first time I saw it, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. I actually don't remember so long ago. I do remember, because I remember being like, whoa. So you rated this. So few small trivias before we close out. All right. 1987, when Tom Cruise was in pre-production for Cocktail, he met his wife Mimi Rogers. It yes. was during this period when he was starring in Cocktail when he got into Scientology. Scientology. Mimi's father, Rogers, Mimi's father, Phil Spickler, turned out to be an incredibly close friend of the founding father of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard. Yes. Or as I like to call him, LRH. LRH. And through their close relationships, Rogers was a respected auditor. Yes. It was through him during this period when Cruz was starring in Cocktail that he became an important member of the church. Interesting. And he brought in his whole family. Um, Tom Cruise did? Yeah, like his yeah. mom, his yeah. sisters. Um, and then the other thing that is, the film's theatrical trailer included part from an extended version, I tried to find it, I couldn't find mm. it, of Brian and Doug's final meeting on the yacht. This darker version had Doug claiming he had made a move on Jordan, which sets off Brian into a rage. Mm. Doug exclaims i don't have any friends to which brian replies as of right now that is for sure had the scene been in the movie it would have been better explained why brian is initially open to sleeping with carrie and doug's suicide carrie is his oh, wife yes that does make sense because why did brian kiss her back yes right that didn't make any sense didn't make, like this is not the guy this is not the brian flanagan that i know i get the brian flanagan no. i know he's a worker <laughs> yes. he's not a hustler that's right um uh, there was some things left on the cutting room floor i think do you know what oh, i mean for sure i would love to see the extended version of this oh that's what we should do next yeah. weekend honey yeah, exactly watch cocktail the extended. so anyways that's kind of the deal okay so here's the thing there was plenty to talk about you know, cocktail. If is... we could spend an hour and five minutes on this movie, we could think of what we could do with The Godfather. It'd be like a five-hour show. You know what? There was a quote from the movie last night. Something you say all the time that I didn't even know was from Cocktail, where he goes, "Oh, the old philosopher." <laughs> the old philosopher. Todd says that all the time, and all of a sudden, yeah. at one point, Brian says that, and I'm like, Todd. We'll be falling.
Kokomo. It's a good song, right? It was at the time. I mean, it's still sure is, dated. sweetie. Come on. Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I want to take it. Bermuda, Bahama, Cabo, pretty mama, Key Largo, Montego, were the Beach Boys even creating music at this well, time? I don't think they were as And relevant. I think it was without Brian Wilson, too. Yes. Yeah. So I think this was a bit of a comeback. I think so, too. Um, but yeah. I mean, this was, you know, it's fun. People still sing it, right? I do. It's I, catchy. I went to Aruba about four years ago, and you know every time I said I was going to Aruba, people would go, Of course. Aruba. Like, it's just a... It's an, Earworm, as yeah. they say. Yes. So, if you guys are uh, fans of cocktail, hope you enjoyed this. If you haven't seen cocktail, if you're heck, not a fan of cocktail, go, go what the hell it. are you doing listening <laughs> this long? Only Gen Xers love this movie. Right. Um, all right. Here comes our. I'm going to shut this off, and now we got to close. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Zen Parenting Radio, by the way. And if you are interested in Zen Parenting Radio, well, first of all, subscribe to Pop Culturing. It, if you're listening to just this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you can listen to all of our podcasts. Um, and then go uh, subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio, which is our flagship podcast. That's right. And we've been doing it for nine years, and so there's plenty there for you, talking about self-awareness, mindfulness, consciousness, uh, with a little bit of pop culture thrown in. We have a Zen Parenting Conference coming up February 20th. 28th and 29th go to zenparentingradio.com and click on events and you'll see all of our upcoming events and if you want to uh, us to do any other movies send me an email at zenparentingradio.com and maybe we'll do it and then again maybe we won't we'll see adios thanks for listening everyone remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave us a five-star review on itunes it helps people find us also subscribe to our Zen Parenting Radio podcast, where we discuss self-awareness and mindfulness, sharing the latest research and pop culture. We're on our ninth year, but there's still always something new to discuss. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to zenparentingconference.com to get your tickets. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones? We can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.